Welcome to the LifeHouse Church Podcast. LifeHouse is a church that exists to invite all people to live an uncommon life by following Jesus, doing life together, getting in the game, and leaving a legacy. We hope that today's message helps you grow as a follower of Jesus, gives you perspective to see yourself and others differently, and inspires you to make a difference in the world around you. Now, let's get to this week's message. So we know we are at the Better Series, right? Better 2024. And today, I'm going to be preaching on Better Marriage, the Unfinished Masterpiece. Somebody say, Unfinished Masterpiece. And of course, we're going to go to the Bible verse that we're going through, which is the Martha and Mary story. If we could pull it up for me, please. I'm going to read it. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You're worried and upset about many things, but a few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Luke 10, 38 through 42. Father, we come before you. We thank you for your word. It's already blessed. Prepare the hearts and the minds of everyone here, Father God, to hear what you have to say. I just thank you for your love, for your mercy, and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So one of the things that came to my mind immediately when I had to talk about marriage, and through this story was, if Martha would have had a deeper relationship with Jesus, she would have known what Jesus preferred. That was the first thing that came to mind. And even if she didn't, if, even if she, if she needed to do in order to make him feel welcome, she would know what she needed to do in order to make him feel welcome. Because when you know somebody... Right? When you have a relationship with somebody, that's what happens. You know if you want them to, you know, have the whole attention or, or be there for you. And here Jesus clearly says that Mary has chosen what is better. See, Martha thought she was doing what was correct. And she was, according to culture, according to, to history, to time. She was doing what was correct. But communication and understanding is key. Amen? For the Bible, this means understanding the cultural, historical, and spiritual context. In marriage, it involves comprehending the emotions, intentions, and underlying needs or concern of your spouse. I remember this story. I read it somewhere. I think it was Adrian Rogers. I could be wrong. And he was saying how his wife had to travel, and she was about to come back home. She calls him, upset, crying. He picks up the phone. He's like, what's going on, baby? What's wrong? He probably didn't say baby, but, you know, it's me telling the story. <laughs> what's up, baby? What's wrong? 
And she was like, the flight left me. Okay. Did you, did you speak with somebody from the airline? Did you get your ticket rebooked? Yes, but the flight left me. And she's crying. Baby, but what's wrong? The flight left me. When, when do you leave? Tomorrow. Did you get a hotel? Yeah, they gave me a hotel, but the flight left me. He was trying to bring a solution to the table. He was trying to make sure that everything was in place so that she could get back home. But she had it figured out already. She knew what she needed to do. She was looking for empathy. She was looking to feel like somebody understood what she was going through. She wanted to feel the love of her man and probably, oh, I'm so sorry, baby, that this happened to you. See, as men, most of the time we want to bring a solution to the table. Some of the time we don't even listen to the whole story. Once it gets to a point where we have a solution, we want to stop right there. Baby, the flight left me. Did you get it rebooked? But wait a second. Like, we don't even listen. How many have heard? The five love languages. Yeah? You guys read it? I need to finish it. I never finished it. (laughs) You know what I did read, though? I did read what Jesus' primary love language is. Do you know which one it is? See, Jesus' primary love language is obedience and faith in him. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. And that day you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Just like it, how, how he says, show myself to them. And we've heard this in, in church a, a, a lot. Seek God's face, right? We've heard it, right? Seek God's face. But what happens to the person that sees God? The word speaks that if somebody sees God, they will surely die. But then again, we preach and we always tell people, see God's face. Because that's what needs to happen. We need to die. Misinterpreting or superficially understanding a message can lead to misconceptions and missed opportunities for deeper connection. 
This kind of communication and understanding is not possible without deep relationship or being intentional in knowing each other. See, effective communication is about listening to the unspoken, understanding the unseen, and cherishing the unsaid. For us men, that would, that flew over our head. I'm going to read that one more time. Effective communication is about listening to the unspoken. We're terrible at that. Understanding the unseen, worse, and cherishing the unsaid. But you know what the crazy thing about this is that when you grow up with somebody, me and my brother, we grew up together. I love my brother. We love each other. We're very close. And I could tell when he's nervous. I could tell when, when he's upset. If something happens and we look at each other, just by looking at each other, we know what we're, what we're trying to say. How many have friends or family or like that, right? Look at that, a whole bunch of hands. See, we need this in our relationship with our spouses. But even more in our relationship with Christ. After going through this message, I, I, I tell you, I had to get on my knees and repent. And repent is not a bad word. Repentance just means changing perspective. But I had to get on my knees and repent. So I'm like, Lord, until this day, sometimes I question, did you speak to me? Was it you that I felt inside? Was it your spirit that nudged me? Is this word coming from you or not? And I'm like, Lord, I should be at a stage already where I should know immediately. Because I need a deeper relationship with you. And that's what, that's what I felt. I felt we need deeper relationship with God. I truly believe we are just scratching the surface when it comes to our relationship with Christ. And also the relationship with our spouses. The joy, the fullness, the better. It is clear that there's a great contrast when it comes to Christ and the church and how it represents us with marriage. And this message is for everybody because if you're not married, then you still have a relationship with Christ. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husband, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And then Ephesians 5.33 says, however, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. There's an order to things. There's a prescribed order from God in the word when it comes to relationships. When the prescribed order of a system is disrupted, it often leads to malfunction and inefficiency. Most of the time, we're not respected because we're not respecting Christ. It doesn't matter if you're the wife or the husband, because at the end of the day, the word says to submit to one another. But when your significant other is not submitting to you, it's because you're not submitting to Christ. 
I can tell you that even when it comes to leadership, when you see somebody that is fearful of God and is seeking God's face and you see that continuous dying of themselves and you see how they're becoming more like Christ, your response is going to be, you know what, I want this, I want this person to follow me. I want, this per- I want to follow this person. The same way in our marriages, sometimes we try to demand certain things. But the first thing we need to look at is how is our relationship with Christ? Pastor John said it last week. Sometimes we try to focus on this instead of focusing on this. If you're right with Christ, you will be right like this. Even in a mechanical system, an internal combustion engine, the timing of the fuel injection, compression, ignition, the exhaust must follow a specific sequence. If the sequence, often controlled by a timing belt or chain, is disrupted, it can lead to an engine misfire, reduced efficiency, or even severe engine damage. How many marriages are in trouble? Because the order of things are not being followed. We need to become more like Christ. We need to seek his face. We need to be able to have a deep relationship with him where we know it's him speaking to us. When we know if this feeling that's inside of us comes from eating a burger last night or actually from Holy Spirit. Come on now, you know what I'm talking about. God was so precise and detailed. Even from the beginning, we see it. Precision, detailed. He had a plan. He had a proposal. A proposal is a plan or a suggestion put forward for consideration. What is a marriage proposal? But not that. Accompanied by a gesture presenting an engagement ring. In Christian theology, the Holy Spirit is often seen as a seal or a guarantee of a believer's relationship with Christ. Ephesians 1, 13 through 14, it says, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, a promised Holy Spirit who is deposit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to praise of his glory. That means there's a superior blessing. That means there's a fuller life. That means there's something better. Holy Spirit is the deposit. Are you guys understanding this? This is like the, 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 imagine the best proposal ever. My man picks you up in a limousine. He gets out, opens the door. Modern limousine. Electrical. You go in, he takes you to this fancy restaurant. 
your heart is pounding. You're like, you've never done something special like this before. You guys are eating, having a great conversation. Best wine on the table. Sipping that Jesus juice. Next thing you know, he pulls out the box. <gasps> Your family members comes out of nowhere with cameras. <laughs> you look and I'm like, where did? Will you marry me? He opens the box, blinds everybody. <laughs> Huge diamond ring, princess cut. Flawless. Right? Whoa. And it fits. It fits just right. You know us, man. You, you know us, man. We're like, wait, baby, we can take it back, you know, get it readjusted. It's all right. It actually fits this time. My man went through, you know, getting the measurements. Detailed, precise. You put it on, next thing you know, you're at work. Yeah, girl. <laughs> you're flaunting that thing everywhere. And your man feels secure too, because he knows the he knows the rock he put on that ring. He knows that when that fancy doctor, you know, sees you, he's gonna look at the ring from far away. He's like, nah, I can't even get close to that. He's he taken. Same thing happens with Holy Spirit. Mm. Devil can't touch you. You're taken. You got that ring. Right? God is saying, she's mine, his mine. You know what the problem here is? Sometimes we continue to talk about the proposal. I remember how sweet he was. Oh, I remember how he was so romantic. We continue to go back to the proposal, and a lot of times as Christians, as a church, we speak in tongue, we heal the sick, we're doing all these great things, but that's just the beginning. That's just the start. That's not even the best. That's not the better. Come on, let's be honest. When we got married, I'm married. I've been married for 13 years. I tell my wife today, I'm like, we were crazy. So I met my wife. I, I, I met her for the first time. I went six months without having any contact with her because I felt like I needed to get my life right. And next thing you know, I call her. I had to tell her my whole lineage because she forgot who I was. <laughs> Three months later, we're married. It's like, well, you know, you know. No, we were crazy. I just thank God it worked out. But that's the thing we... We sometimes forget that 
I started to get to know her. We're 13 years in, and I'm still getting to know her. But like I said in the beginning, communication is key. You know, one of the things that I admire about Martha was that she spoke out. And when she spoke out, she received something. Insight and revelation. She spoke out about something that was going on and she received insight and revelation. One of the major things, one of the key things, one of the most important things within my marriage has been communication. Being able to call things on the spot. Being able to speak to each other at the moment. Now I know better. Now I know when something's wrong. I got that body language to a T. Like, baby, you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. No, you're not. (laughs) We get that perfect proposal. Christ's sacrifice was just not the ultimate expression of love. It also opened the door for us to have a personal relationship with him. Through his act, we are now invited to know him closely and walk with him in our daily lives. And we're still stuck on the proposal. And we miss the big picture, which is actually walking with him which is actually having our relationship with him, with it, which is actually getting to know him and making that change us and make us become more like him. Again, in Ephesians 5, 33, it's instructed for, for us as husbands to, to love their wives but what is a demonstration of love but understanding, commitment to spiritual growth, both personally and within the context of marriage? See, I had the right idea when I, when I didn't, when I stopped having any type of contact with, with my wife, Annie, when I, when I met her. I went six months without having contact with her. And it was because my life wasn't right with God. And I felt that she needed the respect and also God. Jesus, I needed to respect him and honor him before coming to one of his daughters. So I needed to get my life right. That's the thing. When you have that cultivated in you or you're cultivating that, you're always going to seek his face first. You're always going to go to him first. You're going to let him do what he needs to do within you. And then after that, the prescribed order of things. There's going to be the consequences of that is you're going to grow spiritually. Your wife is going to grow spiritually. Your marriage is going to grow. The unfinished masterpiece. See, he must become greater. I must become less. John 3.30. And some versions say, say, he must become more, but I have to become less. And I think that's the, that's the thing with us. The thing with us is that we don't want to die to ourselves. 
I was asking myself, I'm like, Lord, I should be asking myself every day if I am becoming more of myself or more of you. Because let's be honest, I, I've, I've, I've been in church almost all my life. Until this day, I meet people that I met 10, 15 years ago, and they're the same. And I'm like, Lord, I, that, I, don't, I don't want this to be me because I am supposed to be looking more like you. I am supposed to be walking, talking, loving, caring like you. Is it, is it a painful price to pay? Yes, it is a painful price. I'm not going to sit here and lie. Dying to ourselves, yes, that's painful. It ain't easy. But when you see the consequences, when you see what that, what that brings, the life, the joy, the fullness. I remember one time, I ain't like working out with my wife. In the gym, I ain't like working out with her. I'm being honest. She told me one time, oh, I wish, because I dropped her off the gym. She's like, oh, I wish that, that I could have worked out with you. And I'm driving back, and I remember that conversation that I had with Pastor John, and we were just talking about marriage, and he's like, yeah, man, we have to, we have to die to ourselves. And I'm driving, and that it hit me, and I have to die to myself. And I'm like, ah. And then I'm like, but I have to drive home. Guess what? I'm passing a Walmart because I needed my, my workout clothes. I'm like, so I pulled into Walmart. I got some shorts. I drove back. And I'm walking in. I'm, I, to be honest, I, I wasn't feeling that great. You know, I was like, I'm just doing this. I, I need to practice or, or train into dying to myself because we're selfish. Nobody has to teach us that. And I'm walking in there, and when I see my wife see me, I saw her smile. I saw that sparkle in her eyes. And I was like, oh. And it felt so good. And I'm like, Lord, you're never wrong. He's never wrong. And guess what? The connection after that was way stronger. You know what I mean. Sometimes we as men are chasing after things, and the only thing we have to do is die to ourselves, and it will be given to us freely. Amen. First Timothy 5.8, the Bible emphasizes the importance of providing for one's family. Stating that anyone who does not provide for their relatives, especially their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. It's not just material provision. It's not just food or shelter. It also includes guidance, support, 
and spiritual nourishment. But I have great news for you. The masterpiece is unfinished. See, Martha's story doesn't give us any, anything further. It just says what happened. It says the insight and the revelation that she acquired. What insight and revelation have you acquired today? And we all know that the story was not unfinished. It doesn't say what Martha did after that. But I could only see two outcomes. Either Martha dropped whatever she had in her hands and went and sat at the feet of Jesus, looked at Mary, and smiled. We're here now. Or two, she got upset because she didn't hear what she wanted to hear and continued to do what she was accustomed to doing. Maybe she was hiding behind all those chores. Maybe we're just hiding behind the overtime. Maybe we're just hiding behind the extracurriculum activities. Because if something in our life has to be sacred, it needs to be the time that we spend. And we're investing in our relationship with God first. And that will translate to our marriage. And I want to show you this video real quick of this artist. If you could put it up on the screen. And I'm just going to give some commentary. I sped it up because it, it takes a while. But the artist is there painting this picture. And I just felt Holy Spirit speaking to me and saying, this is how it, how it, how it be. I'm doing something, but because you don't understand what I'm doing or you can't see what I'm seeing, Sometimes you pull back. Sometimes you, you want to do it your way. Sometimes you want to go ahead and, and, and just add to it. Instead of you trying to fit me, you want me to fit you. Instead of you growing up to be more like me, you want me to fit in your way. And I found where it says that the Son of Man does not have a place to rest his head. There's some theological um, description behind that where it says it's, it's actually that Christ's head needs a mature body to sit on and is not there yet as a church. We have not developed fully. And just as this artist is painting this, and maybe we can see certain things. Maybe we can kind of catch the drift of where this is going. But we have to finish until the end to actually see what the artist is painting, the masterpiece is painting. And then I saw this when he's like doing stuff with his fingers, and I'm like, sometimes we need to go back to the basics. Finger painting. After having a brush, my boy is finger painting. Sometimes we have to go to basics. Sometimes we have to go back. And I just felt how most of the time we are going through life without knowing what's happening. But we need to 
be obedient and trust in him. That's his love language. And that's the way we need to respond to him. Be obedient and trust in me. And at the end, you'll be able to see the bigger picture. You'll be able to see what he's creating. You'll be able to see that even if there's struggles, even if there's storms, even if, if whatever, whatever you're going through at this point, The artist, the artist knows what he's doing. See, Christ, God, he knows what he's doing. So when he tells us to follow something, when he tells us to be something, when he tells us to actually do the things that he's asking us to do, we need to Know that through that obedience, through that faith in him, the masterpiece is going to come together. The masterpiece is going to come together. So in conclusion, through communication, we can receive revelation and insight. If you're here, can the piano come up, please? If you're here. And you're not communicating well with your spouse. Start doing it. It's a process. It's a process. There's going to be a lot of back and forth. There's going to be a lot of let's sit down. What did you mean by this? I heard this tone. We have to break it down. One of the things that I told my wife, I told Annie a while back, because we were struggling. We weren't understanding each other. And I sat down with her and I said, I don't want to live like this. I want you to be my best friend. But in order for you to be my best friend, I need to understand you. I need to know you. And believe me, when I was saying that, the, the, the weight that that came with was huge. Because that meant that I needed to deepen my relationship with her. And I had to open up myself to her and that was the first thing I did first I went to God the order of things I went to God I told God about my my struggles my weaknesses why I, why I have unhealthy habits why I I, I, I I went running to certain things instead of him And then the second point was going to my wife. I had to go to my wife and share this with her. And I was so afraid because I thought she wasn't going to look at me the same. I thought that maybe she was going to judge me. I thought that maybe she was going to lose respect for me. And it did the opposite. It made her respect me more. Made, me, made her love me more. It made her understand where things come from. That creates empathy. And it opened the door so that she could share with me certain things as well. Things that happened in her childhood.
communication. Through communication, we receive revelation and insight. The second thing is that we need to understand what Jesus' primary language is. And it's obedience and faith in him. The third thing is when the prescribed order of a system is disrupted, it leads to malfunction and inefficiency. And number four, this is the good news. He who began a good work in you will carry it out into completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That's in Philippians 1.6. And I'm going to read that verse. It says, being confident of this. Being confident of this. Being confident of this. That he who begun a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That's the reason why I showed that illustration through that video. Lifehouse family, we might not know what God is doing or how he's doing it, but all he's asking from us to show that we love him. And I think that once we start doing that, and we start dying to ourselves, and we start to become more like him, our relationship with our spouses are going to be better. Our relationship with our kids are going to be better. Our relationship as a church, as a whole, is going to be better. There's a lot of us that try to run. Because we know. And sometimes we don't feel ready to come before God. But he's a loving father. He's a loving father. And the questions that you may have, even the things that you may, may think are, are, are right and that are happening that are wrong, just like Martha, you will receive insight. You will receive revelation. Ask and you shall be given. Let's stand up, Lifehouse family. I hope that was good for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give it up to God. Isn't God good? Was it good? Will you come back? Not next week. <laughs> next week, Sabbath Sunday. <laughs> I need to close out with this. You're an unfinished masterpiece. He's going to care for you. He's going to love you. He's going to work with you, through you, in you. But let's not forget that the proposal, Holy Spirit, the seal, our relationship with him, it starts right there. There's way more. There's better. And he wants to give you that better. So I thank you, Father, for your love, for your mercy. I thank you for your word. Lord, just help us become more like you. Help us to see the things how you see them. 
We want to have that deeper connection, Father. That connection that, that when we feel your spirit, when we feel that nudge, when we receive that word, Father God, we can know it comes from our pastor. Just like the sheep, Father God, can recognize the voice of her pastor, we want to recognize your voice, Father God, clearly. Mature us, Father God. Help us grow. Holy Spirit, help us grow. Show us the things that we need to change. Show us the things that we need to give up. Help us be humble. Help us seek your face. And day by day become more like you. Being confident, Lord, that you will complete your work in us. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. And if today's message helped or inspired you, feel free to share it with someone. If after today's message you have questions, need help, or just want somebody to talk to or process with, just shoot Lifehouse a text to 757-690-2401. For more information about Lifehouse, you can visit us at lifehouseonline.church. That's lifehouseonline.church.